Hello and welcome to the Worcester Observer podcast. I'm your host Rob George and joining me as ever is my regular podcast partner Claire. Hello. And a cloudy sort of But it's not raining. But it's not raining and nothing's underwater which is the minimum we can hope for. Uh, I'm quite sleep deprived because I was watching the Democratic primaries uh, until about 3am this morning oh, having said I was going to bed at 1.30, 2 o'clock, 2.30 and eventually... I, I know you're a political you know everything about politics <laughs> oh, but I God. thought that was British politics, I didn't realise you were into all the no, whole no, American... Full, I'm full on political egg so oh. uh, stateside politics again oh, don't wow. really understand the ins and outs but I do like the way certain networks actually cover politics Hasn't um, Biden he's come from behind he's or something from hasn't the dead, he? Yeah. Even though he wasn't dead Right. So what is going to happen? Is it going to be... So is it going to be um, Biden versus Bernie Sanders? It looks to be that way. The problem is with primaries is you don't really know until further on in the process. I mean, last week, all the American experts were saying, if you'd have said last week Joe Biden would have come out of Super Tuesday, yesterday was Super Tuesday, because everything in America you know is super. <laughs> Mega Monday, uh, Super Tuesday, Wonderful Wednesday. <laughs> And um, if you'd have said Joe Biden had come on, out on top on Super Tuesday, everyone would have laughed at you, but he did. He won mm. state by state by state. So what happens then? So is it kind of like when we were, um, or as they are electing a Labour leader, so they have to go through the process and they do hustings and that all uh, over yeah, the place? every exactly. single state ha- gets to nominate and hand over delegates. And so is it if they get 26 states? If they get to 1,991 delegates, they are the presumptive nominee then, and then they're confirmed to be the Democratic Party's nominee at the convention in Milwaukee in July. I just wanted to say Milwaukee because it's such a cool name. (laughs) Um, And Joe Biden has come from nowhere. I mean, at the start of the campaign, he was barely finishing fourth in these primaries, and now he's winning them. Wow. But a lot of the moderates have pulled out to support him. Um, Elizabeth Warren still in? She's still in, but she came third in her home state of Massachusetts. Oh, okay. Which, again, is not great. And what about the billionaire Bloom... What's his name? Michael Bloomberg is just not making any progress at all. Uh, the money's thrown at his campaign, uh, and there's talk now of him reassessing his campaign, which usually is code for, I'm going to pull out. Oh, right, OK. Um, so it looks to be Joe Biden versus Bernie Sanders um, in a fight to take on Donald Trump. I mean... Personally, I know, I believe politics, you should always do what your opponent least wants. Uh, Donald Trump is sitting in the White House. We spoke off the air, and one day we're going to record what we say, talk about off the air. It's probably libelous and get us <laughs> into trouble, but we do have the most interesting debates. And we're both of the agreement that Donald Trump is sitting in the White House praying that Bernie Sanders is the nominee. Well, Bernie Sanders is basically their Jeremy Corbyn, he isn't is. he? He's very he far left and... All the socialists and you know that love him. Yeah. The young people, especially yep. in your California yeah. and New York, they absolutely love him. But he's not popular at all in Middle America. But um, who's the other one? Joe Sorry, Biden. Joe Biden, who was vice president to yep. Obama, is very popular in Middle America. America, so he could bridge the gap, couldn't he? Yeah, because you need a unifier. You need. It's no good going into the general election in November. Um, with a party, with, with a party splintered, mm. you look at everyone criticizes Trump, and there were Republicans criticizing Trump. But when he became the nominee, the party got behind him and went, "Okay, we might not like it, 
but we, he's the Republican nominee for president, so we're going to throw the weight of the party behind him. I was speaking to an American friend this morning, and he thinks that if Joe Biden gets the nomination, he might have uh, Michelle Obama as his vice president, could which could be a winning move, at, or perhaps Hillary Clinton, if Hillary Clinton... I'm not sure putting Clinton back on any thing would be a winning move. I think the American people said enough's enough. Mm. I think she had a chance. I think she had a chance against Obama and I think she made a lot of enemies when she was running against Obama for the nomination because it was like, well, it's my time. Mm. And Obama's simple point was, well... You have to go through the process. It's your time if everyone agrees that it's your time. Gosh, it's interesting though, isn't it? It's fascinating. I was up till three o'clock this morning watching the coverage and it's stupid and I'm really sleep deprived as a result, but I just find it so, so fascinating. And I can't pronounce his surname, but I'm, I'm going to give it a go. Pete Buttigieg. Buttigieg. <laughs> um, they call him Mayor Pete Mayor in, Pete. in Mayor Indiana. Pete. That's Mayor what, Pete. That's what he needs to uh, He's now endorsed Joe Biden as well. Oh, right. Okay. And I've got a left field thought that he may be the vice president. Oh, right. Cause he's he got... may be Biden. Sorry, Biden's running mate. He has to be called running mate because he won't be vice president. Because they're all pretty... Up there, aren't they, in years? They're yeah. not like your 40, 50-year-olds who you normally well, think Elizabeth of... Well, Elizabeth Warren's the youngest at 70. Wow. Um, but I think that speaks to a lot of where America is at the moment. I think America... I think they want certainty again. Mm. I think, but Bloomberg's sort of 78, isn't yeah. he? And Trump's 73. Joe Biden, Biden's 77, I yeah. think, yeah. So. I think they want certainty and experience. And, uh, you know, to quote Gordon Brown... You know, it seems to be that the next election in America is no time for a novice. No, that's um, true. It's fascinating, but I, I just happen to think, I know you agree, um, Trump sitting in the White House praying that it's Bernie Sanders. Well, I think everything says that he will win against Bernie, yeah. just because... He it, wouldn't have to do a lot. He wouldn't. Um, but But then again, the economy might massively tank this year because of things like the coronavirus etc yeah. and people might be starting to blame trump on that because the only thing trump has kind of going for him right now is a really well up until yeah. now a very strong economy um so putting in a middle of the road guy like biden could be catastrophic for trump i think um yeah. so who knows well a lot of there's a number of people saying the primary results seem to indicate that the american people wanted results not a revolution. Mm. And Sanders is promising, you know, he's going to rip everything up and the establishment and, you know, redistribute wealth. And I think you know, a lot of the Americans are like, not really want that. No. Um, but he's popular. We'll see what happens. Um, you know, kudos to CNN for their fantastic coverage. Uh, I do find it. There's a lot of people talking. Uh, they, do, they don't have a panel of just two or three. They have a panel of, like, eight. Hmm. Um, there's a lot of people need to get their voices across. But And, of course, in America, I mean, we thought over here it was massive when we were electing Boris oh, and yeah. all the... America is 100 times more, isn't it? They do oh, everything it's... bigger and grander and... I mean, this is like, you know, we, we call a general election and it... The parliamentary rules, it's 25 sitting days from the moment it's called to the general election. Effectively, the election campaign started now. They won't go to, polls, go to the polls till November. Oh, my goodness. I but it know. started now because the Democrats will whittle down the person they want. Trump, it, in a way, it disadvantages Trump because Trump doesn't know who he's going against until August. 
Oh, is it that long? Right. Because, uh, no, sorry, I think it's late July, the convention. Okay, yeah. So the campaign won't start in earnest until late July, early August. So it's almost like having a prime minister in this country not knowing who he's fighting against until like four weeks before polling day. It's And, it, of course, in Britain it's, you know, area, town by, or yeah. constituent, by constituents. But over there, each state, state is like its state. own country in a way. Yeah, with yeah. own Yeah, so, oh, gosh, I don't know if I could bear Biden it. Biden wins certain places, Sanders is, has won other places. So it's not a uniform thing at all, but it goes into demographics and... All sorts. I think it's a great way of picking a presidential candidate because the whole con- nobody can say on polling day, well, I didn't have a chance to have my vote because every state has its vote before polling day. Right. So it's not they're like, well, I never got a chance because you did. Mm. And if you'd have turned out and voted, your candidate would have got the delegates. It's fascinating, but we're going to rub it on too much about American politics again. I like this. I like, see, having an American, <laughs> having a half American in the studio with me or the boardroom. A, a half American who doesn't know anything about it, really. So <laughs> I'm lucky to have you because you answer all my questions, actually. Well, it's good. You've, got, <laughs> you've lived there. You've lived the American, you've lived the American dream, something I really desperately want to do. Aww. Uh, the grass I, is always greener. Oh, I, I, Believe I, I, me, Worcester is pretty amazing. It, Worcester is, and it's dry. <laughs> it's much, much drier as well now. Thank goodness. Although some of the pictures, I have to say, still of the floodplains, quite dramatic. I do urge you to go on uh, Twitter. Some of the people they're sending their drones up still there. They're both heartbreaking because of the nature and the, I know the damage it's caused to many homes and businesses. But also they're quite picturesque as well. I mean, just to see the raw power of mother, what Mother Nature can do, it's quite frightening. And the swans are loving it. Oh, our, the swans are loving our it. Oh, Worcester swans. I took some photos actually the other day when I was walking <laughs> by there and um, they were having a great time. So. But sad news for them, they're going to be back in the river soon. Right. Uh, because obviously it is going down, so they'll return to whence they came. Oh, good. Um, so their little expedition of exploring these new parts of Worcester <laughs> that they've never seen before uh, will come to an end. We're going to take you through uh, some of the stories you're reading on worcesterobserver.co.uk. And I want to start with a story I'm quite proud of. Um, it is the front page of the paper, the paper version, but it's also the lead story as we record this on Wednesday. And that is a very courageous domestic abuse survivor has urged other victims to seek support before the situation gets worse and before it is uh, too late. And she she's spoken to the Observer to detail the experience she suffered at the hands of her former partner, Louise, as we're calling her, uh, not a real name for obvious reasons I won't go into, has um, urged people to come forward and speak to West Mercia Women's Aid, and we'll give you the contact details shortly, um, because she's worked together with city writer Mike Stafford on a series of six articles uh, detailing the domestic abuse that she endured. And I have to say, in preparation for going to meet her, uh, at a, lo- a location I won't go into. Um, I read all the articles in full and it is horrifying, but also kind of inspiring that she suffered all this and yet she was willing to talk about it so openly. It must have been really hard for you as well to sit down with someone and go through all those sort of horrible aspects of their life. But what a brave woman to... Immensely. Because this helps other people, doesn't it? It Rob? does, it does. I mean... I was staggered. I mean, I wouldn't say it was necessarily hard for me because I didn't suffer any abuse. I've not gone through this. It was a challenge, as it always is, because when you're presented with situations like this, you want to tell their story. Mm. And 
I think it's amazing. If you go onto uh, faithfulpundit.co.uk forward slash Louise's dash story, read the articles for yourself. You will be amazed by how much she has imparted and shared of her own accord with Mike about what she endured. I mean, there's something that she uh, endured called gaslighting. Hmm. I've never heard this term before until this. And this is why I love this job because there are times where you learn something. And I always believe you learn something new every day. Journalism is great because you do learn something new every day. Gaslighting is basically when the victim, um, the sorry, the abuser manipulates the victim by making them psychologically doubt themselves. Yeah, it's um, a sociopathic trait, yeah. isn't it? Sociopaths apparently gaslight. I think it's it's staggering the what she endured and. I, I, I admire many people in this life, but she is one of them that I admire because the bravery, and it is bravery, to stand up and say, right, I'm going. Mm. No more. And there are things that we've left out um, of the piece because of the fear of identifying her because obviously we don't want to identify her in any way, shape or form because um, there are things that we can't talk about uh, and I'm... And have no intention of talking about, but I just think in this day and age, and we should make the point as well. Although it's primary, this is about Louise, a woman. Domestic abuse also affects men as well. It is the other way round. It would be important to say that. Um, but in this day and age, I think she's absolutely right when she said we don't talk about it enough, and people are afraid to seek help. Mm. And the point she made that really stuck with me and really sort of resonated with me was that the fear of seeking the help to get out is actually used by the abuser to keep them there because they prey on that fear that oh I can't possibly leave because what about any children or Mm. what about the future or where will I stay and the abuser actually uses that and preys on that to say well there you go Mm. and I think it's vile yeah it's um and it's a lot more prevalent than we realise. The figures um, released by the government, I think, last year, it, there's so many women and men going mm. through this. And I think it's the isolation, isn't it? Yes, it Often is. Often they really do feel like they're the only people in the world. But it's stories like this. Um, it, it shows that you can escape, you can get help, you, you can. can get out. You can. There are services there. And she's right. The advice is slightly confusing. And there is an element you've got to look for it because it's not as widely publicised as it should be, which is why we've chosen uh, to publicise the information line on the front page as well because we want to get that across to you. Mm. Um, I just think if you are out there and you're listening to this or you read the article or um, you somehow hear about this, whatever, however you consume your news, if you read any of those articles and anything resounds with you then it is time to get help Mm. and don't suffer in silence because as she said from her experience it won't get better it'll just get worse and i don't think i'm speaking out of turn to say it could get worse to the point where your life is in danger Mm. and it's worth considering and worth getting the help um if you are in that situation if you are 
in fear of a partner, an ex-partner, or if you if you have a loved one that is in that situation, please call West Mercia Women's Aid, 0800 980 Lines are open 24 hours a day, or visit www.westmerciawomensaid.org for more. Please seek help, and please seek the information, and hopefully you'll live to, you can tell the story, your story um, like Louise has with us. And thanks to editors, journalists like you, Rob, for raising this awareness and letting people know that help is out there because it is important. I think, it, I think it is vitally important. That number again, West Mercy Women's Aid, 0800 980 3331. On Happier News, also on the front page, you've got good news for Oscar this week. This absolutely wonderful... Um, we had a bit, it was a bit of a mixed, I know we spoke about it on the podcast last week, it was a bit of a mixed one because he was suffering terrible um, side effects from the treatment. But the great news is, is once again, uh, he's been tested for signs of the T-cell acute lymphoblastic leukaemia. There's nothing. There's nothing Amazing. in his system at all. Just in case anyone doesn't know who we're talking about, this is Oscar Saxon, <coughs> Saxelby, Saxelby, Saxelby Lee. Lee. Yeah, I never know how to say his name. But he was the little boy who went over to Singapore to get treatment for his T-cell acute lymphoblastic. A t- acute T-cell lymphoblastic leukaemia. Oh, my goodness, you're a better medic than I am. When you write it every <laughs> week, you tend to learn how to... So this is just fantastic news. And the people of Worcester responded and raised so much money for the family and the medical treatment yeah. didn't they it's it's staggering i mean basically in layman's terms what this means is that it's clear again so it means now they can start the stem cell treatments uh, of the bone marrow to get his immune system up and running again because i think as we spoke about a few weeks ago the treatments worked it's eradicated the leukemia from his body but his immune system has been so worn down and battered he's got no immune system to speak of so he's very susceptible to any sort of infection mm. so they need to now reboot it turn his immune system on and off again with a stem cell transplant to get his immune system up and running and then hopefully one he- healthy little boy will be on his way home to Worcester and experience life as a six-year-old rather than life in hospital do you know what we're going to have to be at the welcoming we're going to have to put on some sort of welcoming <laughs> committee aren't we when he arrives It'd home just be throw wo- him a party it would just be wonderful and uh, I think one of the best things one of the best thoughts I had um, was one of the best stories we could do about Oscar is um, him, uh, his mom Olivia, and dad Jamie just disappearing from from view and going back to being private citizens. Aww. Because that would mean all would be well yeah. and that Oscar could have a normal life as a six-year-old. It's fantastic news. It means the process can start. And it comes in the same way because, it, unbelievably, it's been a year since that mass stem cell donor drive wow. uh, in Worcester. It was a year on Monday. And um, DKMS, I should, a big thank you to DKMS for giving us the information. Um, they registered 6,000... 256 potential stem cell donors from not just the one at Pitmaston Primary School, but the, all the events that were held across the county. Six of them are already donating their stem cells. Oh, not just to Oscar, but no, to other people. To other people. Well. Oh, fantastic. So the life-saving and the improving lives is continuing. Oh, I love now, that. It is absolutely uh, terrific as well. So if they are listening, good luck to you guys, and let's hope... Get the stem cell treatment, get this immune system up and running, and hopefully you're on a plane home um, soon, back to Worcester, and hopefully life can just 
resume. Yeah, we can't wait to um, not write about you anymore, as <laughs> no, you say. <laughs> no, it would be it would be nice to do one final story, yeah. <laughs> uh, but then because they deserve happiness and they deserve peace and quiet now because they've shared so much. I mean, if you do go hand in hand for Oscar on the fa- on Facebook on the Facebook, something my old, my late <laughs> mum would have said on the Facebook. Um, if you do go on hand in hand for Oscar, and I know there are so many people that are members of it. You know, Olivia Oscar's mum isn't afraid of sharing everything that's going on and showing her showing her love for people that are showing them love as well Um, but it would be great for them just to go back to a normal life and i'm sure every day they're thinking about such things another wonderful story uh this is slightly more than but it involves the um worcester uh worcestershire royals neonatal intensive care unit um uh, Mulvan mom of three has raised money and already got a thousand pounds to be shared with the neonatal intensive care unit at the Royal and the Heartlands Hospital uh, in Birmingham to say thank you for the treatment that they gave to her little boy Dylan, uh, who was born after uh, a home. It was born at, born at home in Mulvan, uh, and after that, after a, what she described as a peaceful home birth. Um, everything went a little bit wrong when Dylan started stopped breathing and had no heart rate. Oh, no. He was resuscitated by his dad and the midwives who attended, but then taken to the Royal, then to Heartlands, uh, where the brave little warrior came through and is now back at home. Uh, there may be an element of brain damage further down the line. The family are very honest about that, uh, but he's happy, he's back at home, and they've raised over £1,000 already. Uh, because apparently it, t- it costs a thousand pounds a day per baby uh, in these NICU units. So the thousand pound—that's one care for one baby for one day. Oh my goodness! So wow. that's your money will already be making a difference mm. and a life-saving thing. But if you do want to find out more, do, do go to GoFundMe.com dash f sorry slash f slash Dylan's dash NICU dash fundraiser for more. Do find. Uh, out then I should say um, Dylan's mum of course is Shiani uh, Shiani driver if I've pronounced that Shiani because uh, I thought it was Sean but it's Shiani so if I've pronounced that wrong I am sorry but S-I-A-N-I oh, well uh, Dylan looks absolutely gorgeous he's and, um... absolutely wonderful another happy story quick mm-hmm. programming note if I can and I keep going on about it but I do believe in it we've got the Dementia Matter co- column on page two of the paper it's going online as well please do give it a read it all focuses actually on how dementia affects women uh actually more affects women more than men which i didn't know oh that's interesting um, yeah. but do have a read of do have a read of it uh, as well uh, because obviously it's international women's day on sunday so thanks to the team at the alzheimer's society for another engrossing column and i found it very very Enjoyable, if a little bit emotional to read about it, because obviously you know um, why why that makes me uh, so emotional. Quick uh, mention as well for the um, first ever Euro Cafe, which opened uh, at Paradiddles in Sidbury on Tuesday evening. Um, Worcester is now another one of the locations to open a Euro Cafe for both British, Europeans, and EU twenty seven. EU27 citizens to come uh, meet, gather and just have a chat and find out more about settled stasis, uh, things like that. So good luck to them. That's a good idea, isn't it? It's a very, very good idea. Because hmm, I bet there are so many questions. And Well, there still is, isn't there? I mean, you know, we're, we're still seeing, you know, questions about uh, the future. 
uh, about various different things. I think that is, we're probably going to wrap it up there, uh, to be honest, because as you can tell, my voice is not brilliant for some reason. And you're sleep deprived after following um, all the American politics, as you uh, told us. <laughs> but I am, a, my voice for some reason isn't very good this morning. It's been. A uh, bit worrying this morning, but I've been coughing. I did manage to cough off microphone whilst Claire was talking, which was very helpful. Um, but until oh no, no, we've got to go. We've got to do the what's on worst around it. See, I'm not on my game. This is sleep deprived. See, um, we'll do that now. It's cl- time for Claire's what's on Worcester roundup. For all the things to do and see this week, it's Claire Bullivant with this week's what's on gate. Thanks, Rob. Yes, here are my top picks of things to see and do around Worcester and Malvern this coming week. Obviously, we can't get everything on the podcast, so do check out this week's paper for the full listings and also our website. It's all on there. Starting on Friday, the 6th of March, let's all get over to six ways to support our wonderful Worcester Warriors who are taking on the Northampton Saints on Friday evening. Kickoff is at 7.45, so plenty of time to get there after work. And if you haven't been to support our boys yet at Six Ways, I urge you to do so. We're so lucky to have such a great rugby team here in Worcester and Six Ways is truly a spectacular venue. It's also really good fun, so do check it out. I love evening matches too. You can have a drink, get some food, and as always, it's spectacular sporting entertainment, especially when we win. And you know what? Every time I go there, I think I'm their lucky mascot because every time I go, we always win. I know, I know it's all down to me, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, also on Friday night, another Paradiddles music quiz at Paradiddles Music Cafe Bar in Worcester. Always good fun there. Loads of live music going on all over the place as well. Soul Stripper, they're a brilliant band and they're going to be at the Sociable Beer Company in Worcester on Friday night. Coity Blue, they're on at the Bluebell in Malvern. And over at the Swan Theatre, they've got Lionel, the music of Lionel Richie with the brilliant Malcolm Pitt. You may have seen his recent appearance, actually, um, with Lionel Richie himself on Saturday night at the Palladium or caught him on the Graham Norton show. He's a powerhouse. He's absolutely incredible. And he's also got a stellar lineup of world-class musicians behind him, including musical director Johnny Miller from Talon. Don't miss it while they're here in Worcester. Tickets from Worcester Live. Also on Friday night, um, the Rowan Goddard Truo, they're going to be at Huntington Hall. I keep hearing amazing things about these guys. They're some of the finest musicians on the UK folk scene today. It's going to be a great show apparently, so do get your tickets for that also from Worcester Live. Over at Royal Porcelain Works, they've sent us that Elizabeth Bass is going to be there. Apparently, she is one of the leading British harpists of the generation, her generation. And in 2016, she became the first British person to reach the final of the very prestigious USA International Harp Competition in Bloomington, Indiana, USA. And she didn't just get into the finals or anything. She actually won the silver medal. So she's truly incredible. If you love your harps, and your classical music, etc., you do need to go and check her out. Um, go to the website, royalporcelainworks.co.uk for tickets and all the information on that. Moving on to Saturday, the 7th of March. 
Now, my top pick for this is Buddy Holly and the Cricketers at Malvern Theatres in Malvern. This is the Rotary Club of Malvern's charity concert in aid of St Richard's Hospice and also Acorn's Children Hospital. And believe me when I say this is a breathtaking show which has rock and rolled audiences across the globe from Cardiff to California, Barking to Bangkok, Swindon to Sweden. And it's guaranteed to have everyone up singing along to the music and dancing in the aisles. The show rarely pauses for breath and is quite simply the most compelling concert of its kind. The hits are just incredible and they keep on rolling. You'll know them all. That'll be the day. Peggy Sue, Heartbeat, Raining in My Heart. Oh boy. So, oh boy, do get your tickets quickly from Malvern Theatres before they all sell out. And that's on Saturday night. More live music happening all over town. Also on Saturday night, just a few to quickly mention. The Ferrets, they're going to be at the Chestnut in Worcester. I love that place. Roving Crows, they're at Ashton Underhill Village Hall in Worcester. Band on the Run, they're going to be at Francesca in Worcester on Saturday night. The Face Stealers, great local band them. And they're going to be at the Cross Keys in Malvern and the Matt Woozy Band, they're going to be at the Cube in Malvern. Then on Sunday, the 8th of March, Stilettos Book Club have asked me to put the call out for all book lovers who might want to join them and their brilliant book club. They're a really friendly group. Just go along to the Centenary Lounge in Worcester on Sunday at 11 o'clock with your favourite book and you'll meet some nice new friends. Then on Sunday... Early evening, Witcher, 5pm, will be on at the Imperial Tavern. Woo Town Hillbillies, they're going to be on at the Chestnut on Sunday at 6pm. Connor Maher, um, he's going to be putting on an acoustic set at Bottles Wine Bar in Worcester. Who loves Bottles? I think that's one of my favourite wine bars in Worcester. And they're they're getting some great acts in there, so um, do check that out. Jacob Diamonds and Tom Walker will be at the Lamb and Flag in Worcester on Sunday evening. And then finally, my top pick is U22 at Huntington Hall on Sunday evening. These guys are the world's longest-running, look-alike, sound-alike U2 band. They are formed by current members in 1992 under the name of Achung Baby, and the band has actually now performed over 2,000 shows spanning three continents. They hold a solo performance record of playing to 10,000 people in Portugal, and they've also played alongside U2 themselves. Yes, they played along with the real thing at Rotterdam's um, Fevernord, I don't know if I've said that right, stadium. But they're incredible. And if you are U2 fans, you won't be disappointed. See you there at Huntington Hall on Sunday evening. And remember to check out this week's paper or our website for all our What's On listings. And also remember to let us know if you've got an event going on so we can let everyone know for you. Have a great week, everyone. Back to you in the studio, Rob. Thank you, Claire. We've put the worlds to right on both a Worcester and a global scale. Well, American. Uh, at least um, thank you so much for listening as well if you've got anything to get involved with do let us know editor at worcesterobserver.co.uk on instagram on twitter and i suppose on facebook as well you see i'm promoting instagram i know it's fair play in this contest i'm promoting the instagram page if, first if you haven't heard previous podcasts rob and i are on <laughs> we're in competition aren't we yeah. i run instagram <laughs> rob runs the facebook and um yeah we're competing for followers 
I'm winning, finally. <laughs> she's, win- she's winning. She's winning. So uh, Facebook, obviously, would be the better way to get in touch with us. You know that. And uh, just show you how much you love uh, you've got for me. Uh, go, to, go to Facebook and we'll, we'll, we'll beat her eventually. We'll, we'll have enough delegates to win this particular primary. That's a really poor link to end on. But thank you so much for listening. I've been your host, Rob George. Thank you so much. We'll catch up again soon. Until next week, I think we're done here. Bye-bye. Bye.